I'm Scott, the CEO of Comio, and you are listening to Agency of Change. I'm joined by my co-host, Head of Strategy here at Comio, Brock Fisher. Hi, everybody. You know it. Agency of Change is a podcast that aims to showcase excellence and best practice in residential property management in Australia. Today, we're talking with Hayley Mitchell of, uh, well, many different businesses, in fact. Yeah, that's right. Hayley's the director of Geelong Property Managers and Mitchell Property Training, as well as training and people director at Reside Real Estate. Finally, she's the co-founder of Australian Property Manager Community on Facebook. Welcome, Hayley. Thanks for having me. So there's just so many things we want to talk through today, Hayley. You do the work of about 500 people by the looks of it. But I think the first thing is it'd be great to start with the social media and and the Facebook stuff. So uh, tell us a little bit about APMC. It's obviously come a long way since the formative stages. So interesting to know, you know, why you started the group and, and what that journey has been like till now. It's been pretty exponential growth. Yeah, it's um, a very interesting group, that one. we A friend of mine, Claire, actually started the group back in 2014, I think it was, um, and she thought it would be fun just to have a couple of hundred property managers on there and have a community where we could just talk. And she said, oh, do you want to be an admin? And I said, yeah, sure, that sounds great. So I joined up and it quickly snowballed and then we had a thousand people 2,000 people and I think wow. we've got about tw- just over 12,000 now um, so it's a very very active group and um, it's been a really good resource particularly through the COVID that we've just dealt with. So I'm sure there's a ton of work behind the scenes that people probably don't understand uh, and I see that potentially a lot of people reach out to you for guidance and advice because they don't have that support network potentially in their own businesses but I guess there's a bit of a fine line there to tread as well around being helpful but I guess not going down the rabbit hole of actually being a pseudo pro bono kind of coach. You're so a help desk. Yeah. How, um, how do you go about managing that type of scenario? I have to say during COVID it was really tough. I was getting at that point in time, we were getting about 200 requests a week for people to join the group. Um, And then I was getting around 50 private messages, phone calls or emails a day asking for help. So what I did is I actually put on free training for people through the APMC just by reaching out to other speakers and trainers and agents and just said, hey, can you sit down with me for an hour? We'll put on a free Zoom and people can ask us questions and we'll just try and roll them out as much as possible. And that really cut down on the individual questions I had to help people with. Plus, I still felt like I was being useful. So can I ask then, because I mean, that sounds like an enormous amount of work and pressure when, you know, as we said at the start of the show, you've got other businesses that you run as well. What do you think is kind of causing people to come to uh, an area like APNC rather than, you know, talk to their peers in the office, talk to their, their manager or the principal or whoever it may be? What do you think is going wrong that people aren't necessarily getting the answers that they might need in a time like that from the people that they work with? Um, A lot of the time, people ask me questions to settle an argument in the office. So there'll be someone. (laughs) So often you have, you know, people at different levels of experience in an office and one person might have been doing it 20 years, but they might be setting their ways and might not really be up with what's happening today. And then you've got a younger PM who's been trained more recently and has a different take on things and there's that clash. Um, where people just want clarity. A lot of um, property management offices as well are run by sales directors. So often they don't have that head of property management or that expert within their ranks that they can go to. 
Um, so I've kind of become that to a lot of people. And would you say like within the group, is there, um, are there common kind of themes in terms of the topic of conversation that keeps on bubbling up or does it tend to change week by week? It's a real mix. You get people asking about wages and people asking about KPIs. Um, and a lot has come up, I think, about property managers' mental health and uh, requiring more support and direction. And I think that that's been a really important uh, topic, I guess, that's come up over the last even 12 months. Um, And I think that's an area that we all need to focus on for our teams to make sure that they can mentally cope with the role that they're doing. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, um, I have to admit, when I came into the property management industry, I could not believe just how much these guys juggle every day of the week, not just in terms of workload, but the kind of um, perpetual dilemma of serving two different people who both want the opposite thing from you in every interaction that you have. You know, I want an inspection done every day of the week if I'm the owner. I don't want them ever if I'm the tenant and somehow I've got to appease these two people. And then you add to that the normal challenges of, you know, keeping a boss happy or evicting people potentially because they're in a difficult financial situation. I I don't know of many jobs that are that much more demanding, particularly of such young people typically that come into the role. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. And I I think that we're taught the skills, but we're not taught how to deal with it. Um, So I think it's, that's going to be a real growth area over the next, you know, 12 to 24 months. Yeah. It's super refreshing to hear you, uh, hear you talking about that because I think, you know, for a long time, uh, I've thought around the industry training generally, it's always so focused on technical skills, like this is legislation yeah. and this is so forth. Whether it be via COVID or whether it just be, I guess, by um, understanding the broader demand out there, how do you see that training and events might have evolved either in terms of content or format maybe over the next 12, 18, 24 months? I think conferences are going to come back with a vengeance once we can actually safely do them. And we've got one of our conferences in March, which is on mindset and resilience and wellness. So that, that you know, helping property managers deal with the stress of the job. And I think that that one will be a really good kickstart to the year. I think everyone's just going to welcome it with open arms because they really want to get out there and just see people again rather than Zoom. In terms of your training and delivery and topics and stuff, do you generally have like a, a kind of a broad curriculum of things that you that you train on or do you actually kind of take ad hoc requests? Like if someone rings up and says, hey, Hayley, we've got this particular problem. Can you do something on that? Do you put together materials accordingly? Yeah. So I did that today. Someone messaged me and said, we need help. I said, great, what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he gave me a brief outline of what they're after. And I said, look, I think probably the best thing for you is me to come and do a health check, um, speak to the staff, look at your systems, procedures, your documentation, your technology, give you a one page or one day report, which comes back with everything and give you a plan to move forward. Um, so I do that and then can create the program to get them back on track or I can just they could say I need training on this and this and I can just deliver that so totally so can I ask then with with that in mind and you mentioned a moment ago you know a lot more conversations starting to happen around mindset resilience and you know emotional intelligence is is it people like yourself that's um, kind of pushing the industry forward and they're turning up and kind of absorbing and enjoying this sort of stuff or is it the industry that's kind of demanding more of this stuff from the people that run conferences and manage forums and these sorts of things. What's your thoughts there? 
Yeah, it's interesting. I've put on a couple of things this year via Zoom. So I did um, a leadership series with Sardna Smiles and she's yep. incredible. And she trained me in leadership back at Hawking Stewart days oh, wow. 15 years ago. I think wow. that's where I met her. <laughs> and um, we put on this 10-part 10, 10 series where we caught up with the property ma- or leaders once a week for an hour and we ran through a whole program and that was incredible. So we're going to roll out a lot more of those sort of things next year. Um, I think that there's a real gap in training in that leadership space and also in that communication and negotiation space. So I did another training session with a girl called Kath Malloy, who's just an incredible keynote speaker, and she ran a three-part series for me this year, and we'll do some more next year. And again, it was all about communication and dealing with conflict and how um, how to understand different people's personality styles. And there's not a lot of that in the industry. Again, what you went back to before, we all learn the skills and the the legislation and what to do, but we don't ever learn about the, the stuff we need to know. Um, so I think people are kind of realising that now. And I think property managers are expecting more from their directors now than they were did ever before. And that's probably what's driving it. I just wanted to spend a bit of time talking about uh, the couple of businesses that you're involved in, property management businesses. Um, so let's start maybe with uh, with your business in Geelong. And so much I'd, I'd like to know and, and ask about that, but I guess I'll frame it up this way as, as question number one. Going in uh, as a startup business from scratch effectively, uh, based on what you've learned over the last 15 years, yep. what did... Hayley Mitchell do this time around that Hayley Mitchell 15 years ago would not uh, have done or would have been oblivious to? (laughs) Um, Very different. I, when I had my old business Mitchell property, we started in 2009, I sold out in 2018. Um, When I sold out, I was a little bit broken and I needed some time off. I'd been doing full-on property management for you know 20 years and I just needed to not be the emergency contact for a while and 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 not have that that tie I guess holding you back you know be able to go on holidays and not expect every phone call to be maintenance um (laughs) so yeah I said to my husband let's sell it let's concentrate on the training business and we'll get back into it when the kids are at school so when both kids are at school so another two years time and an opportunity came up to buy a rent roll. It was about a month after I sold Mitchell property. And she rang me and she said, I want to sell my rent roll. It's in Geelong. Can you put a post in the APMC? And I said, oh, really? What sort of rent roll? And, I asked <laughs> and Warren could hear me in the background. He's shaking his head. I'm like, all right. Anyway, she sent it through. It was a riff a little rent roll. And I said to her, look, it's great. But I said, I'm not ready. I need at least a year off. Anyway, she called me back six months later. And she goes, I haven't sold it yet what are you doing? I said, yeah, I don't want to buy it, but let's have coffee. So we had coffee and we bought it. Um, So, (laughs) (laughs) but 
I did it very differently. So Mitchell Property, I grew organically. I grew it from scratch and I was the person. So I went in and listed all the properties. I'll look after you. You know, you can call me 24-7. It's all me, me, me. And I kind of created that rod for my own back because they wanted me. So as we grew and we put on staff, it was always coming back to me, me, me. Um, with Geelong, I put a superstar property manager in place. So I just put an ad up and I, I knew the sort of person I wanted and the ad was written very differently. I said, I want someone who's going to partner with me and buy into the business. I'll be there to run it and oversee it, but I won't be the person doing the day-to-day. It is your business. Um, and I hired Tiff and she is incredible. She is about to buy into it as well, which is awesome. Oh, that's great. Um, and then we bought another rent roll in November last year as well. Another opportunity came up, about 100 properties, um, needed a little bit of work. Uh, Tiff likes fixing things, so we bought it. <laughs> Tiff regretted it. No, she's fine. <laughs> and um, and we've we've built the team up, so we've got about 260 under management now. We've got a BDM on board who's a superstar. We've got um, two part-time job share property managers and a full-timer, um, which has been really cool. And um, yeah, it's it's growing really well now. So we've got a really good thing happening. So can I ask you then, because we've had um, some previous guests on the podcast who do, well, I guess who approach growth very differently. Yeah. One um, has made, I think the number was 17 rent roll acquisitions in four years, very successfully. Uh, we've got others that are going pure organic and doing a lot of crazy stuff there to, to kind of avoid paying the higher, you know, higher in inverted commas multiples of a rent roll. Yep. What's your thinking? What's the right kind of approach? Is it one? Is it the other? Is it a balance? Does it have a, you know, does it suit others perhaps? Yeah, so the second rent roll acquisition for us made sense because all we needed to do is put on one more staff member and the rest was profit. So for us, it just the numbers added up and yep. it's just got to come down to the numbers. Um, also, with the startup of what we did, because I wasn't going to be the person doing day to day and we had no income because we had no properties, we had to buy one to get started so we could pay for TIFF to get it running. <laughs> So an acquisition for us in that case is really good. Uh, but from here on in, it will be purely organic growth unless a really good rent roll comes up or a really bad rent roll comes up cheap, in which case we'll buy it, we'll fix it and we'll, we'll integrate it. But it just depends on numbers. Right. I've got a, a somewhat controversial view perhaps that um, you're actually better off buying a bad rent roll because the expectation is so low, so the only one yep. is up. Um, Correct. Do you want to agree or disagree or just take each acquisition on its merits potentially there? Yeah, I think as long as you, uh, you're you not at risk, like the properties have to be good and the fees have to be good. So your the rent roll we purchased in November, it just wasn't well managed. The maintenance hadn't been done for a long time. Um, tenants were just thrown into properties, not checked thoroughly. So we've got some cleanup required there. Mm. Um documentation was a bit low but the properties are in great areas and they're at really good fees and the landlords are fantastic so we pick up the phone and talk to them and they're like oh you're great this is fantastic <laughs> what you do routine inspections we're like yeah we do um so it's really easy to therefore impress them and win them over so yeah i agree with you brock like it's I, I won't be scared about buying a badly run rent roll as long as the properties and their client, the landlords, yeah. are good. Yeah. Cool. That's good. I'm glad I'm not crazy. Um, yeah. 
Speaking of organic growth, uh, are you doing anything particularly, well, when I ask you to give away all your trade secrets, um, what is, <laughs> do you have any particular program or uh, organic growth strategy that you're running with at Geelong at the moment? Yeah, we're, we've got a um, awesome BDM who's been in the area for 15 years, I think. Um, she's got some really good ideas. She set up a lot of uh, like really good templates and we're building up those referral relationships. So we've got some great referrers that refer us a lot of business. Surprisingly enough, local agent finders been actually busy, wow. which is disappointing because you've got to pay them so much money. Yeah. Uh, we're pushing our social media. Sophie does a really good uh, market update video every month. Um, we're about to call our whole database of landlords and just see how they're going as well, see if they've got any more properties. The great untapped opportunity, No one ever I does think. it, Rock. Yeah. And no one does it. Owners and tenants. It's not necessarily yeah. about even if they have additional properties themselves. It's everyone that they know that, uh, that exactly. could do, that could be coming your way. That's Yeah. But our referrers, our referrers are our best. We've just got some buyers, agents that are awesome, builders, developers, um, oh, quite a few interstate people as well now that we're working with developers. So, yeah, it's been really good. So, so can I ask then, sort of talking about, you know, the future and next steps and, and where things are going, um, every day of the week, there's a new technology product coming out to do a new part of the puzzle. What's your crystal ball telling you? Like, what's the big ticket stuff that's just on the horizon as you're seeing it? Um, technology plays a big role, definitely, I think, but it's got to be the right technology for your clients. And I think a lot of the time when people put in technology, they put it yep. in for themselves and the clients yep. go, I hate it. <laughs> so you've got to look at the client experience and make sure that it's quality. Um, I've played around with quite a lot of the tech lately and over the last kind of two years. I think there's some really good stuff out there, but it doesn't all talk to each other that well. Um, I reckon the next few years are going to be pretty exciting though. I've seen some pretty cool stuff lately where it's blown my mind. I've gone, how is this even possible? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and I did do the demo with you, Brock, so that was good. You sent me all the info. Oh, <laughs> but um, I reckon the next couple of years it's, it's going to, the way we've done property management for the last 20 years, in the next few years, we're going to have to see the most rapid amount of change. And we saw that with COVID, you know, people were still on those traditional platforms that needed a server in the office. Mm, yes. Like you go to work from home and you're trying to use terrible internet and hook up to do your daily trust accounting. Like I just can't imagine how hard that would have been for people. So I think a lot of people have really moved to those cloud-based solutions um, and I don't think there's any turning back now. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think um, one of the things I'd be really keen to get your thoughts on is, uh, I guess, um, is technology, you know, friend or foe? Mm. In a lot of what we're seeing or a lot of what I'm kind of seeing at the moment, there's a series of new, you know, really low cost or DIY products that are coming out that are kind of going after the self-managed landlord. Yep. Um, and there's a, a debate that kind of goes on within the industry around, do we keep doing everything we've done and try and hold firm on fee 
or do we start accepting that perhaps some things we do that the landlords may not necessarily want and therefore we could reduce the fee, but obviously that has a flow on effect to the asset value of the rent roll, et cetera. Mm. What are your thoughts? Like, is this a, is this a time where we sort of say, um, let's let the market carve itself up and have a very defined self-managed group and a very defined fully managed group, or are we all going to start playing in the same space a little bit, do you think? Yeah, I think there's a lot of property managers which are going to be offering fee-for-service, um, definitely. I think the traditional fee structure, and look, probably regional areas are always behind Melbourne. So yep. when I moved to Geelong, it was like almost going back 10 years from what we'd been doing in Melbourne. So yeah, yeah. it was... I think regional will be slower in some areas, uh, but I do think that there will be a lot more landlords which will look to self-manage and look for those platforms. And I'm in a heap of landlord groups at the moment on Facebook, and if you're not in them, get in them because it's really interesting. Good advice. The amount of hatred that landlords have for property managers. <laughs> like, it's just incredible. Um, I, I think that... That for me has been really valuable because we're here to do a service, but landlords think we're not. So what's happening here? Like, is it a training issue? Is it a communication issue? Is it, what is it? Because we're meant to be here as a middleman to help everyone, but landlords find it easier to take us out of the equation and deal with the tenants themselves. I guess until everything turns to poo and then yeah. they've got a terrible tenant that they've got to evict and go to VCAT and they relate the property. But if everything's tracking along nicely, then technically, if they've got the time, they can do it. Um, so I think we've got to really provide that value add to the client and give them something that they can't get for themselves. And do you think they're becoming more demanding? And, and this is probably a question for, you know, kind of both sides of the spectrum, I guess. In fact, you know, let me take a step back. Comio's whole kind of philosophy is this idea of, you know, three sides in balance, owner, tenant, property manager. My uh, question to you is, do you think all three parts of that puzzle are becoming more demanding? Is the property manager role getting harder to manage because, you know, the generation is changing or they've got different options? Are landlords and tenants becoming more demanding because they're you know, being better served with other technology products or whatever it may be in, you know, when they do their banking or yep. interact with the government, whatever it may be. Is that something you're seeing or is it not so different to what it was a few years ago? No, it's very different. Very different. And property or owners and tenants want immediate response now too. So it's not enough to just go, oh, yeah, I've got your request, I'll get back to you. They, they want to know now. But the thing that I, I think people really want is that open communication yep. where yep. it's just transparent. There's, you know, you know exactly what's going on at all times. Everyone can see it. Everyone knows what's going on. Yeah, it's amazing what can be built trust-wise when there's transparency there and people know that there's nothing to hide Correct. and all parties can just see what's going on there. It's people management. We've, those tasks get done because they have to, but we're just managing the people and it's just totally different. And that's the one thing we've never been trained on. <laughs> You know, it's that people management comes back to what I said originally, that people are taught the skills of the job, but they're not taught how to deal with the people. And that's where I think the biggest gap is in the industry now. Yeah, it's kind of, it's fascinating, actually, because um, we started this chat with you sort of talking about how much more of the conversation at conferences and things like that is around some of those kind of soft skills. I got to admit, I hadn't joined the dots on that really kind of underlying trend that's gathering pace that you, you're increasingly less a property manager. 
and increasingly more of a people manager mm. because for the most part, you know, the systems are doing more of the heavy lifting and coordinating maintenance, whatever it may be, but it's you managing people's emotional response or their need for an update mm. or feeling like someone cares about them, those sorts of things. That's fascinating. Inserting yourself at the time to be kind of adding value, I guess, as opposed to yeah. being transactional yeah. or operational in, in what you're doing. And agencies are doing that as well. Like you've got agencies that have your maintenance department, your leasing department, your um, routine department, you know, and the property managers, the person at the desk just fielding the phone calls and making sure the clients are happy and everyone else is running around doing the job. Whereas your traditional property manager is the one out doing it all. Um, And, you know, they'd build the relationship with the client. But if I walk out the door, then it's hard because that person's done it all for so long so all the knowledge goes as well so i i see the the way people set up their offices now will be completely different than 10 years ago as well and obviously vas are a big part of that as well oh, this leads me into a question that i was going to ask but i hadn't yet but that was around structure <laughs> and uh, whether hayley ritual has a view on portfolio versus team task pod use vas don't use vas like you know, we are setting her up to get blamed on the floor, whatever she says. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Can't win with this Let's do a really, give her scenario. really beige grey answer. We'll keep yeah. it safe. Yeah, beige grey. All right. I'm not very good at beige grey. <laughs> I think though, the single point dependency um, thing, again, is a, is a risk there, as you've outlined, as far as if everything is channeled at one person and that person goes out the door, um, mm. then there's risk. Likewise, the flip side of that coin is that that's kind of what owners expect and want is that single point of accountability as well. Mm. My personal opinion, I'm a, a bit old school in this way, is people do business with people they know, like and trust. Owners want to build a relationship and trust their property manager. Um, I personally find it really hard as a property manager if everyone else is doing the job and I'm just the one talking to the client because I... I'm old school in the way that I physically feel like I need to still see the properties and do a lot of those tasks. Uh, it can, I've seen it work really well, but I've also seen it work badly where you've got that lack of communication or the no care factor or the people that go, oh, that's not my job, it's their job. You know, so you want when the client picks up the phone, regardless of whether it's your job, you have to answer that question. So I, I guess I'm more traditional in, I can absolutely see VAs doing admin because that's task or technology to do admin uh, because that's a task. You don't need to sit there and do your rent review notices on VCAT online. Like if that takes 20 minutes, get a computer to do it or get a VA to do it and use your time to service your client. But for a lot of the property management focused jobs, I'm still old school in that respect. And I like looking at the properties and I like, building that relationship with the client as well. It's interesting you say that. I think when I sort of reflect back on uh, my time studying, one of the things they kind of teach you in strategy is if you want to be a low cost leader, break everything up into its most efficient way of doing something so that you reduce the cost to do it, where it's more like an assembly line in a factory. If you want to be a quality leader, the opposite is the case, which is why we think about something being handcrafted. It's an individual that owns it from end to end. And that sense of ownership, uh, generally speaking, improves the experience people have. I wonder if, um, I wonder if perhaps there's, you know, a space in the market which is, you know, the ultra low cost hunting landlord that might be perfectly happy with this very kind of broken up system of work, 
versus the landlord that really wants that sense of security and safety and comfort and reassurance and knowing that there's a person that they can go to. And perhaps for them, you know, the traditional model is far more appropriate. Do you have a view there? Like, do you think there's a case to kind of think about it in that way? Yeah, or definitely. Is it... Yeah, I think you're spot on. And you've got agencies out there that are charging a flat fee property management. Um, and to me, that's your low cost technology and VAs and people on the road just doing what they have to do to get the job done. And then you've got your agencies that are charging more, but they're delivering a much different level of service and have that quality and um, uh, assurance to the owner that they're doing the right thing. And I think with technology the way it is now and, and landlords hating property managers in a lot of cases, if we're not providing that personal service, we will be taken over by the disruptors and by the technology. But if we keep that um, relationship alive, then we'll never be taken over. And that's that I could be wrong. I might listen to this in 10 years and go, gee, God, I got that wrong. Um, who knows? But I think that there's always going to be a need for property management, but we have to adapt and keep showing our value to the client to meet their expectations in the marketplace. So, um, Hayley, we're getting to the end of the uh, episode with you. There's a couple of questions that we kind of focus on towards the end of this that I'd love to put to you. If you could, what advice would present day Hayley Mitchell go back in time and give to day one in property management, Hayley Mitchell, to set her up for success? Oh, it was just such a different space back then. I would have probably liked a lot more training on the early days. I kind of just flew by the seat of my pants. And when I got the job at Hawking Stewart, um, they gave me an opportunity to work there and I may have embellished slightly on my level of experience <laughs> to, to get the role. Did you really? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but Jane, who was my my manager at, at Hawking Stewart, was brilliant and she took me under her wing and she trained me and I learnt more in the, the you know, eight years I was with Hawking Stewart than I had in the previous three, you know, however long it was that I was with other agencies because they really did focus on that training so they, they didn't just sit you in a chair and go, there's your job. Um, but I think training and definitely uh, the other thing I would have probably done earlier on in my career is built those networks with people. So that's something that I've done really well now. And I've got a really strong friendship group of people who I can just ring and go, hey, I've got a question. Can you help me? So in the early days, obviously, I didn't have that. Um, so I would have probably encouraged myself to build those networks and reach out to people, which people can do super easy now with social media. But we obviously didn't have that 20 years ago. Love it. So, um, Hayley, we've absolutely loved having you on the episode today. Uh, I think, you know, some of the stuff that we've spoken about, people like you really are taking the industry forward as far as we're concerned. The work that you're doing around resilience and mindset and understanding yourself, you know, really being deliberate about your career or thinking differently about your business, uh, the support and community that you're creating through the Facebook groups, especially uh, from Brock and I, we want to say congratulations and well done on all of it. We think you're making such an extraordinary difference to so many. So thank you. Uh, and thank you for joining us on the show today. No problem. Thanks for having me. That's all for today. You can find out more about Haley at mitchellpt.com.au. You can also visit us at colmeo.com and head to the journal where you'll find the notes for today's show, including the link to the APMC community on Facebook. Big thank you to Haley for taking the time to share her experience and wisdom with us. And thank you to you all for listening. 
It's been great having you with us. We'll see you next time.